It is official. Nikita Zadorov is no longer a Calgary Flame. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me here today. And as always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Nick, how are you doing? Pretty good, all things considered. Just tired, but, you know, the Flames did something today. Yeah, no, so I had, like, just walked through the door, and we're going to talk all about this instant reaction to the Nikita Zadorov trade and what this means, really, the precedent it sets for the trade market and, I guess, future trades with Craig Conroy. And what it means for the now five remaining pending UFAs for the Calgary Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. I texted you earlier today and was like, oh, like, you know, you you can do a solo show uh, and I'll jump on if something happens. And <laughs> there was 630 uh, trade alert. Nikita Zadorov for, what was it, 2024 fifth and a third in like 2026 or something like that. Like a very underwhelming. Uh, Underwhelming is fair. I don't, I never thought they were going to get anything exponential, you know, the next greatest Canuck was never going to come out of uh, really any of these trades for the Flames. No, I, I didn't expect a whole lot in return, but this still feels like a little light. My knee jerk reaction was, because I originally, I was just scrolling aimlessly through Twitter and I saw, oh, Zadorov finally got traded. I didn't see like the breaking news. I didn't get a notification. I saw someone say, oh, he finally got traded. And in my mind, I was like, all right, Toronto or the Islanders? One of the teams that's down, like three defensemen finally yeah. bit the bullet and said, all right, they'll do it. I was a little surprised to see Vancouver. Um, It makes sense now why they traded Bavillier to the Blackhawks yesterday. They needed yeah. the cap space to make the move happen. But it's an interesting move for Calgary and Vancouver. Um, Really quickly for Vancouver, they know they can't keep playing defense as poorly as they are this year and that Thatcher Demko is not going to continue to be a 950 save percentage goalie. That that just doesn't happen no matter how good you are. So Zdorov in a vacuum is pretty good defensively, and he can give you a little bit more offensively. I want to say he was fourth of all defensemen in the entire NHL in goals last year, which wow. is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, no, he scores a lot of goals for a defenseman. So the value for Vancouver's there. And I don't know if this is a reflection of what the market looks like or if this is a reflection of what Calgary thinks the market for their guys are. But we'll talk about that more. Just instant reaction. I was surprised it happened this early. Again, we don't typically see these trades really start moving. Usually January is when we start seeing actual traction. Yeah, no, I said on yesterday's show that like, I didn't think that this would happen as fast as it was. Like maybe a Noah Hannafin trade happened before this, but maybe out of spite uh, to Zadorov's agent, just to be like, 
I can move guys whenever I want, but I suppose uh, grown men in positions of power, at least Craig Conroy is a little bit more mature than me. Um, I don't think it's that. I think it's more what we talked about a few weeks ago of like, okay, he doesn't want to be here. Fine. That's good for him. Well, we want guys on the team who want to be here and we're going to keep trying to win. I mean, they're not playing world beater hockey, but they're a competitive hockey team. They're inching up. I think they're up to fourth in the Pacific now. It's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, they're trying their best. And if they have a guy who isn't 100% in, even if he's 95% in, you don't need that on your team. I, I know they called Osterle back up, so we'll see what yeah. he looks like in an opportunity here. But for the Flames, I think it's more so about what it says as opposed to what it actually what it what the actual hockey impact is. Because like Zadorov, you know, 14, 15 minutes a game, kills penalties, takes a lot of penalties. He's not the most impactful player, but you know, he's a, a solid hockey. NHL player. He is a solid NHL player that I feel like gets moved for a little bit more, generally speaking. Yeah. And when they traded for him, I always forget that he wasn't um, a free agent acquisition, yeah. even though he was acquired on July 1st. Yeah, his uh, rights. They traded for his rights. Yeah. So he was traded for a third round pick. And I mean, you're not going to be able to flip him, I feel like, for... A heck of a lot more than that but do you think that they could have done like a, a prospect and a pick or i think if they wanted a prospect it would have been a prospect and a fifth round pick as opposed to that third like three years from now a b <laughs> prospect and a third round pick are about equal value a b prospect and <clears throat> excuse me i forgot i forgot the exact calculation it is like percentage wise what mm-hmm. a b prospect is but i want to say it's something to the effect of they will play NHL games, but they might not stay at the NHL level. B prospects are generally guys who they will get to the NHL, but they might float back and forth between the two based on their talent. Because generally speaking, you evaluate prospects on talent, not their production, because production mm-hmm. is so different league to league. Like we talk about a lot in terms of the junior hockey versus professional hockey over in Europe versus NCAA hockey. So it's really hard to compare across those leagues. All you can really compare at that point is traits and B Mm -hmm. prospects are usually guys who have one really good tool, whether it be shot, skating, playmaking, assist to be an A prospect. You got more than one of those, generally speaking. Yeah. And I feel like uh, respectfully to the Wranglers, I think a lot of those prospects are, you know, B. Hey, those are the life's blood of your organization. You have Mm -hmm. to have 50 contracts. Only 22 of those guys are on your NHL roster at any given time. You need those guys. I I know it's not enticing. It's not sexy, whatever word you want to use to describe it, but you need those guys to play at the AHL level because when you do have an A prospect, they need to play on a team that's competitive. I know a lot of teams take their AHL affiliate for granted where they're not particularly worried about it because they have a good team at the NHL level. Those are the teams that typically struggle to graduate guys from their AHL program up to the NHL seamlessly. The one exception to that rule is Tampa Bay, who pretty much all of their key prospects graduated through their Syracuse affiliate. All And pretty much all the useful players they've traded over the years as well, where they've kind of ironed out the kinks. But part of that is taking... Uh, 
your AHL affiliate, you need to take seriously. It's not just the leftovers and your prospects. You need right. to treat that seriously. It's not your main focus. Generally speaking, your NHL GM delegates that. One of the assistant GMs typically does the AHL GM stuff. But at the very least, you need to take that seriously. So, yeah, what they get with these two draft picks, they will be pieces in the organization. More likely than not, a third-round pick becomes an NHL player something like 2-3% of the time. A fifth-round pick is like half of a percent becomes an NHL player. We're just taking lotto tickets right now. That's all the Flames did. They got some lotto tickets. Yeah, and maybe they'll start collecting them uh, like Arizona did so they can flip them for things and you know, do something and create something. But coming up next, we are going to talk about the market and what what it looks like for the Flames, other pending UFAs, and, you know, if it, if it sends a little bit of a message to anyone else that is interested in trading with the Flames. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to talk to, talk to you about game time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets for your next big event, whether it be the Canucks visiting uh, the Saddle Dome this weekend or a comedy show or a concert. Game time is the fastest way to buy tickets for all of your upcoming events. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, view from your seats, and the best price guaranteed, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, they have the lowest price guaranteed, so if they if you find another uh ticket for less in that section and in that row it, they'll, they'll pay the difference and game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts so you can snag the really good premium seats for less and all you have to do is download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on NHL, L O C K E D O N NHL for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's very special episode of uh, Locked on Flames, where we talk about the Nikita Zadorov trade. And I'm sure we'll have many more episodes like this. See, this is where it gets fun because everybody thinks they can execute a trade. Everybody plays yeah. fantasy football, fantasy hockey. They play sports, video games, GM mode. Everybody thinks they can be a general manager. I, I think I can be a general manager. You I could. often say, no, I, I would not be a good general manager. I would not be the worst general manager. Is the, How the many not good general managers are currently employed and have been employed? Uh, have been employed indefinite. You, we could, we could just name old Canadian white guys till probably Sunday before I'd actually have to start like thinking about it. Thinking Peter Shirelli, yeah, who somehow is who still may end up getting that Ottawa job full time, but which again, insane considering what he did in Edmonton and in Boston. But in terms of the market. We typically see that first big trade happen in January. That's yep. typically when we see that first big trade happen. And that sets the market. 
And the insiders all rush to praise whoever did it because they say, well, this general managers, they went out and set the market. They're not beating. They don't have to meet what the market price is. They determine the market price. The insiders love to fall over themselves to praise the general managers because they want the scoops. That's all. That's the only reason you see the constant uplifting of general managers doing anything, uh, bringing in the most replacement level of replacement level player. Well, this general manager, he, va he values character and intent intangibles. So that's why they brought this guy in. Whatever. In terms of understanding the market, rental players are always going to be worth less. We, we all know that. We're all in agreement with that. Yes. We all understand that. That's part of why the Flames only got a third two years from now and a fifth round pick. I thought there would be an opportunity to get something a little more immediate. I think the reason a lot of people are surprised at the value that they got is that there are a lot of teams that need defensemen right now. There are several yeah. teams, and it's not like they're just not the guys they have aren't good. It's that they are like four, right. three or four guys hurt, and they don't know what the long-term return times of those guys are going to be. The Leafs right. are down three guys. The Islanders are down two guys. I know the Canucks are down one defenseman. But you would think this would be an opportunity to play these guys off of each other. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a world where Conroy saying, nah, we don't, nah, you want, Tanev, not Zadorov, so he can try and move these guys to multiple places. I, in my opinion, the play would have been trying to get one of the more desperate teams to match this offer, even if it was just to get a third round pick this year, as opposed to mm -hmm. a year or two from now. That would have been my move to try and leverage the leverage your position of, I have a rental defenseman for here for you. We can eat some money on it if a cap is an issue for you. We can take a guy back if cap is an issue for you, but. We're going to need a little bit more than something down the road. I understand the Flames don't really know what they are right now, and that's part of why you take futures, you take draft picks, because you can always – it's a lot easier to liquidate your assets when they're draft picks as opposed to when they're players. Draft picks don't yeah. have money tied to them. In a flat cap environment like the NHL exists in right now, there is just not a lot of cap space out there. So teams are – draft picks are more valuable, in my opinion, to a lot of teams because they don't have money tied to them. Yeah, no. And I think uh, I saw Craig Conroy uh, went on 960 um, after the trade went live or whatever. And he said that uh, a lot of teams were calling for Zadorov and Tanev. So like a package deal, but they would have had to retain salary and the Flames weren't interested in doing that. So I understand why. I really don't know if a trade with Toronto would have happened. I don't know if um, ownership really would have been like so kind to do that. Vancouver's in your division. I like know. I understand the whole Leafs thing, but it, we, at some point we got to be adults here. If your rival offers you the best package, you right. grit your teeth and you take it. You yeah. Toronto's not your direct rival anyway. If Edmonton calls and says, yeah, we're going to give you this for Daniel Vladar, and it's good, you take it. You there deal you with the consequences later. If they want to offer you a second-round pick and a prospect for Daniel Vladar, you say yes, you deal with the consequences later. Yeah. I just I, – I don't know how these grown adults – function and what their line of thought is but I just I do think that trading within the division especially I mean the Canucks were off to a hot start certainly wasn't sustainable 
but they're still a decent team. No, they're, they're, they played well enough where they have room and they have the talent to be decent. Nobody's saying they're going to win the Stanley cup, but they have enough talent where they should be of comfortably. They should be comfortably a playoff team. What they do when they get there, they have high end talent, high end talent can make up for a lot of issues. Guys like Elias Pedersen. There just aren't a lot of the guys like that in the NHL. There aren't a lot of goalies who can play the way Demko is playing right now. Anything can happen when you get in. That that's the selling point for a lot of these teams. Yeah. But Vancouver, the the thing that's good about this for Vancouver, it sends a message to the rest of the guys on that team already, where it's like, we see you, we appreciate what you're doing. Here's some help. We keep playing like this, we'll go get you guys more help. It's really good yeah. vibes for the guys on that team to go and get reinforcements this early because that tells them, hey, RGM thinks we have a really high ceiling. If we're gonna make a move now. We're probably still going to make another move or two down the road. It puts you in a lot better position, and it just it does things for the team. As for the Flames, what it does to them, we know I, the Flames kind of squashed the beef. We, we, we know they had a sit down. They had an airing of grievances. Yeah. You don't want hostages. I, I keep reiterating that, but if you don't want to be here, don't be here. No, I think that's the biggest thing is – Again, we don't know what these players want because I don't think that they know what they want. Um, I mean, Zadorov did. He knew. Uh, it was very clear that, you know, he wanted to stay and then was like, hmm, never mind. I'm out. And so be it. Like, I, I don't think that you're going to be able to make up anyone's mind. I mean, if Johnny Gaudreau's going to leave this team to go play for bottom of the barrel Columbus for the rest of his life or rest of his career rather you're not it's going to be very difficult to try to get anyone to stay when you're working with skeleton like bones of a skeleton like you're not no there's not much so that's the that's something we talked about a lot in the offseason of setting what the temp the tone is going to be for the team going forward and right now they're getting closer to making a definitive okay we are not that good we are doing this Mm-hmm. If they continue selling these guys off, if they sell off Tanev, Vladar, the guys who were one-year guys, but if they, whenever they do, if they do, eventually move Hannafin or Lin, uh, Lindholm, that'll be the, okay, we're we're no going back now. It's not, yeah. we're going to try and sign these guys. It's not, oh, we're going to see how the season goes. It's, okay, we're being adults. We know this isn't working. We need to change what we're doing. Yeah, and I think that, Again, this leaves so much on the table for uh, the Flames to pick a path and for these players to, you know, kind of steer the ship in whatever direction they think they want to go in. And we're going to talk more about that next because at the end of the day, we're all here to talk about what any of this means. But before we do that, I'm going to talk to you about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy is also what brings what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit for fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, only exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available for U.S. customers. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. As always, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. I was thinking about this last night after I wrapped up the show. What player would you extend out of, I guess, now the five remaining? If I had to extend one of them? Yes. Um, Vladar? Oh, okay. Um, I think if you signed him and you wanted to trade Dustin Wolf, sure. I I don't think there's a world where you could make any of the other extensions make sense. You're not winning anything. If your goal is to win, you don't extend any of these guys. You trade them and turn them into as many assets as you possibly can. You get as many lottery tickets as you can, like the Coyotes, and you figure it out. If you extend Lindholm, you extend Hannafin. Sure, you have one decent player. You got Huberto, you got Kadri, you've got Manjapani, Dubé, uh, Blake Coleman, yeah. uh, Mackenzie Weger, Rasmus Anderson. That's a fine core. You're not winning anything, though. That group's no. not winning anything. You don't have one elite player amongst that group of 10 guys. You can have 10 good players on your team, but we had last season as the case study. You can have 12 good forwards, but if none of them are elite, it's really hard to score consistently. You can try and win with defense and goaltending. It is really hard to win every game 2-1, to 3-2. to two. I talked about it earlier today when I did um, the power rankings with Hunter. 3.1 goals per game is the NHL average in all situations. 3.14. Five on five, you need to be scoring about two and a half goals a game if you want to win consistently. The Flames struggle to meet both of those thresholds. Yeah, they do. And it would be super nice if they, you know, took this and uh, ran with it and traded for someone that can actually shoot the puck and, well, doesn't have to be super great. But if you can just find the back of the net more than once every 10 games, that'd be super cool. I mean, Jake DeBrusque, I I'm already calling that he's a future flame. I've been saying that since 2020. It's going to come true someday. Hey, man, 20 goal scorers are nice to have. Yeah. I'm Sharon Govich is working his way up to, I mean, back hey, there. But he was yeah. last season. I mean, he had, I want to say, 14, 13, something like that last year on the Devils. His previous career high, I think, was 21, something like that. So this is somebody with a decent finishing touch. But like we talked about when they acquired him, a lot of that production is power play stuff. The reason he had a career low in goals last year was he got taken off the power play. They had better players than him. So, sure, it's great. But you got to remember, he's like the third or fourth best player on that Devils power play, playing with Dougie Hamilton and Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. You know, really good players where you can get some trickle-down offense just by being out there because the defense respects the other guys. On the Flames, he's one of the only guys who's willing to shoot the puck, so defenses cue in on that. Yeah. It's just it's so hard for me to even say, like, what any of this means because we they still don't have a direction if like you said if they moved Hannafin or Lindholm we would have a much better idea of 
okay, this is the road we're taking. Thank you for everything, but it's time for us to yeah. do something about this. But right now it still feels like a completely directionless. Like you just have a blindfold on and you're getting spun around at the birthday party and hoping to hit the pinata, but you're not. It feels like they're waiting. It feels like they're reacting instead of being having a plan. I, I feel like there's no real conviction of, okay, we are this good. We are this bad. So do we want to keep trying what we're doing? No. Okay. If we're not going to keep doing what we're doing, what's the alternative? Do we try and turn these guys into roster players or draft picks and prospects? Pick a path and go. Wasting time is all you're doing. All you're doing is wasting everybody's time playing this out the next 35, 40 games with this group till the deadline. Yeah. I mean, the Flames being reactive instead of proactive, uh, I feel like is pretty much their brand identity. I don't know if their front office has ever been able to, uh, you know, get ahead of something. And uh, I feel like you need to be able to do that, whether it's extending a player midseason or trading them be before it gets to this point. Because I was oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just I don't I don't know if this is if they're capable of doing this. The reason you see the big trades during the summer is that's when people have cap space. Right. You missed your opportunity not trading Lindholm and Hannafin at the draft this summer. That was your opportunity when you had a lot more suitors for, who could be able to take money. Instead, you waited it out because you wanted to try and extend both of them. You realized, oh, wait, we're just going to run back the same exact team that missed the playoffs last year. You had a come to Jesus moment of like, maybe this isn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. And yet again, here we are still waiting for something. Yeah. And I, we're just going to keep waiting. I, I need to go back and watch the tapes and see from the summer how many times we said this is the waiting game because take a shot every time we've said that or brought it up in an episode and uh, I, I don't think it'll last too long. But, I mean, this is – the Flames just are about to drop the puck um, against Dallas and obviously a prediction would be uh, silly to make, but do you have any ideas of who a standout player tonight will be? Uh, Dallas is a tempo team, so I'd probably say Mackenzie Weger being good in transition, slowing them down. I'd imagine they're going to hard match him against Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz to kind of slow them down because they're both really good in transition. So I'd say Weger. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was going to say... Uh... Rasmus Anderson, just because I, I need him to do something. I think that he is working on building that confidence back because I think that he's kind of had a few stumbling starts this uh, season so far. And that suspension probably didn't do too, uh, too no. much. For him. I can't believe that happened like a month ago. Yeah. Season's going yeah. fast. It's already December. It is. My God. Um, but yeah. Anything else before we pack it up? It'd be nice if you made the game competitive. I'm not saying you need to beat Dallas, but if I'm going to stay up till midnight on the East Coast, at least keep it close. Like you did against Vegas. Exactly. Make it fun. So we have exactly. something, again, something to stay up for. Uh, when that alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning, we're not going to say, oh, why did I stay up and watch that? 
we'll be we'll be okay with the consequences. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but thank you everyone for hanging out with us on this trade edition of Locked On Flames. You can uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, X, whatever. Uh, at Jess Belmosto and at Nick Zeraris. And Nick, do you have any parting words before we go? Go Flames. Ooh, that was 